Welcome to RPG Reanimators, a podcast for GMs where we dissect horror scenarios and offer our experiences and advice to reanimate it at the table. I'm Alex. I'm Nathan. And I'm Lex. So let's see what's on the slab. The case report for this session is The Lightless Beacon, which is a scenario written by Leigh Carr with Lynn Hardy for Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition. In this 1920 scenario, investigators find themselves aboard a sinking ship with a non-operational lighthouse as their only refuge. Potential content and trigger warnings for this scenario include violence. As with any dissection, we'll be discussing all the gross innards of the scenario. So from this point on, there will be spoilers. So if you're interested in playing this scenario, please stop here and share this episode with your GM so they can listen and consider running this for your group. You can find this scenario on Chaosium's website for free. We'll include the link in the show notes of this episode. Now, with that out of the way, let's begin our dissection. So, while the premise is simple, what events happen behind the scenes that lead up to this scenario? What's happening behind the scenes is that the esoteric Order of Dagon has been shipping gold past the port of Rockport towards Innsmouth. However, due to a malfunctioning lighthouse at Beacon Point, the ship was scuttled and the gold lost in the ocean. The Deep Ones have kept this secret and are attempting to recollect the gold before anyone notices it appearing. However, a lighthouse keeper by the name of George Cassidy has found some of this gold that the Deep Ones had lost and is attempting to find a seller or appraiser for it in the town of Rockport. This has alerted the order to his find, and they've sent a number of Deep One hybrids and what they refer to as younglings out to assault the lighthouse and get the gold back. Now, they weren't quite expecting such a stiff resistance and a battle between the keepers and the younglings occurred in which the wranglers of the younglings perished along with the lighthouse keepers. This sets the stage for the actual player characters to arrive on an island under siege. So I noticed that there's some pregens already built into this scenario. Do you mind telling me a bit about them? Absolutely. There is an antique stealer who is an old friend of George Cassidy, who is going on to the island because they fear that George Cassidy is up to their old tricks and basically wants to talk them into walking the straight and narrow. There is a undercover agent who is also going to the island in order to discuss some observations that an undercover agent on the island has been making of ships uh, going by the port. Perhaps less related, there is also a marine biologist and an artist that are available as pregens. And each of the pregens has pretty well-written plot hooks. Specifically, the federal agent and the antiques dealer are the most relevant to include in the scenario. And any players that take the reins of these characters will have some very interesting moments where their secrets may come to light. Also, the scenario features custom bouts of madness unique to each of the pregens. So it can give a very uh, unique experience for players, especially if it's their first time in the game. I'd like to add that the marine biologists is a excellent role player opportunity when they first discover the corpses of the younglings. So perhaps they would get excited at the possibility of seeing a new species. Now the artists, I would find this to be a stretch, but maybe the artists can get excited over the strange painting that's found in the cottage itself. Mm, which I have some thoughts about in general. We'll get there. But we can get to that in a minute. Yeah, I'd like to discuss that during reanimation. Well, pardon me, sir. (laughs) But yes, I agree. Uh... So why don't you tell me about the key locations in the Lightless Beacon? Well, there's the lighthouse. And that's pretty much it. The scenario is pretty 
tiny and contained for a little microcosm experience. So new keepers can have a very, they can feel confident knowing that their players only have so much room to run around and cause havoc in, and it can keep things sort of isolated. Also, there's plenty of hidden areas on the island that you can tuck unsavory findings away, uh, having some younglings hiding around in the bushes and the trees. Then also there's a pair of binoculars that uh, player characters can find and look out to see that someone is standing out on the pier for nearby Rockport. So there's a chance of escaping the island and just rowing straight over there where other events may lay in wait. But these are going to be up for the keeper to decide as they're not really covered in the scenario itself. Within the lighthouse, I've identified three sub locations, which are the lighthouse cottage itself the grounds outside of the lighthouse, and then the lighthouse proper. The lighthouse proper is probably the most likely spot for the climax of this particular adventure to happen as the younglings assault the investigators and hopefully have a thrilling battle or chase. Besides the climax, are there any other key points or key events I think one key event that, in my experience running it, the players completely missed that I would like to leave some more hints out for, but we can get to that part in a minute, um, is going out to the side cabins beside the lighthouse where there is an electric generator that's coughing and sputtering as the agents arrive. Discovering this, they would find that there's water coming down on top of it and this generator isn't going to last all night if there aren't some other repairs done to encourage players to get creative or try and use mechanical repair and other related skills. There's also a dead body not a few paces away from these outdoor shack areas that can be a very gruesome treat to give players in realizing that there is something else predatory on the island with them. And I want to highlight the importance of some of these side areas for the type of scenario this is. This is very much related to an assault on the players, and you don't really want to start an attack before they understand the tools that they have at their disposal. Otherwise, it can feel very limiting when they start out swimming or uh, rowing away from a sinking ship, presumably with none of their possessions. It's very difficult to fight these creatures with prayer. So the scenario itself states that it can be run in one hour, but I've seen it stretched out to three. I would recommend stretching it out to three. Whenever I saw that one hour timeline, that felt incredibly rushed to me. I would really encourage letting your players take their time, explore the island, take it out to three or four. That also gives you more time to sort of hint that there's something else in the island. The scenario gives some good advice for having the trees rustle when there's no wind and things like that. Yeah, and the one-hour timeline, I believe, is meant for one or two investigators. And then three or four, they do suggest taking more. Uh, I know we tend to run in about two-hour-long sessions, and I think that's fairly doable. So as we cut our way along in this dissection, what is the beating heart of this scenario? At its core, it's survival horror. The players are immediately thrust in an unpleasant situation, trying to survive against the power of raw nature and the ocean and the storms, then trying to survive the night on an island that is teeming with unseen monsters that are bound to arrive in due time. And in addition to that, I think the atmosphere, literally in this case, the rain, the sloshing of mud underneath webbed feet, maybe strange sounds in the night from these younglings communicating with each other. That's an important element to this introductory scenario uh, for new players to really get a different vibe from this game than maybe other role-playing games they've played. I agree on that. And especially with having the lighthouse and the island being much more small and self-contained, it can give uh, novice keepers a lot of room to really expand on giving descriptions using all five senses you know what the boots sound like as they slop through the mud and as the rain is pattering against the windows and maybe hatches are battening upstairs and the focus there of light as well the lighthouse hmm. is broken and dark the generator is fading as they work 
this is a scenario where you see those other senses becoming more important because at night you will not be able to see on this island past maybe a lantern length. This is a dark scenario. As a matter of fact, the scenario itself even imposes penalty die should the investigators fumble around in the dark. Tying in the rain, I'd say a theme of this scenario is the power of nature. Because there's rain that causes confusion, that hides tracks. There is the waves that crush the ship that the investigators are on. Um, I would very much use nature to your advantage when establishing a, a, a heavy mood. And this is something else I want to get into in reanimation in a bit, is I think that there's more you can do to really capitalize on using and involving nature as another threat that the characters need to deal with. So what would you say are the general strengths and limitations of this scenario as written? Biggest strength? It's easy to run. It's a great introductory scenario. There's a reason that Chaosium offers this for free on their site. Also, as a special nod, this is a free scenario for Roll20. So if you want to try and use a virtual tabletop format, this is a great way to get started in that there. Um, as we mentioned earlier, the pre-generated characters, most of them have very good hooks that can involve players more. There are a lot of uh, handouts and visuals that keepers can provide to players to increase uh, engagement and interaction with it. I'd like to add that the keeper has a lot of control over this scenario. There's a specific choke point you can use, which is activating the ambush. You can end the game whenever you want, as soon as those younglings start pouring out of the waves. The suggested timeline for this is something I would love to see other scenarios use for rough estimations of when to have things happen during a scenario. So helpful for new new GMs, handlers, whatever they're fucking called. <laughs> In my experience, a lot of Chaosium's material that's geared towards learning keepers or new or novice keepers do include timelines like that. I seem to recall in Gateways to Terror, Gateways of Terror, the Necropolis has a mm. distinct timeline to mention in there as well. As for some general limitations of the scenario as written, one main weakness, I think, is that there aren't really any NPC interactions as written. By the time players, you know, arrive on scene, their boat is crashed and they're washed up on shore. Everybody's dead. The only characters they can really interact with are the beasties that are trying to eat them. So I don't advise trying to have conversation there. Um, also... <sighs> There are some clues in here where one of the lighthouse residents is apparently very artistic and has lots of sketches and paintings detailing these creepy things and goings on outside, which I feel really just took me out of it immediately because how are they going to sit and just give a creepy watercolor painting or have the mysterious figure in the distance hold still for a nice little composite to really get that shading just right? I, yeah. I changed this whenever I ran it, but we can get to that in just a bit. Well, it is watercolor, the fastest of all painting types. And easiest to drive <laughs> whenever you're out on the coast. Right? I think one of the limitations I saw with this scenario is the tie-ins are very heavily weighted towards the antique dealer and the undercover agent. The marine biologist and artist are interesting characters, but they don't have a tie-in to have something specific on the island they want to look into. The marine biologist is more obvious than the artist of they will find these bodies or sea creatures that are sea creatures that they're very interested in. The artist, he's got a painting and the coins. And I think there's a lot of room there. The artist is there for those clues. Yeah, there's a lot of room in there to make it more interesting for them. And additionally, the scenario gives some descriptions and even a stat block for a Deep One hybrid. However, as written, they're just hanging out on the coast of Rockport. Uh, 
miles away through a rowboat and just sort of waiting more or less as an insurance policy in case one's players just get in the boat and get out of Dodge immediately, then they'll have some other beastie waiting for them, which sure that might happen. You can never anticipate what players do, but there's, I think there's also more to expand with that as well. That is a strength of the scenario as well is this is introductory. This is a wonderful start for people that have never heard of deep ones or the esoteric order of Dagon. They can be introduced to a thrown into the the fire situation. And there's a lot you can play with uh, following up from this is people escaping, but the order saw them go. These creatures that they might want to investigate, the gold that they now have. There's a lot of interesting leads here. Also, one of my favorite notes in this is in the description of George Cassidy at the top of the lighthouse, you know, it mentions that there's another figure that slumped over on top of him. I would have this figure in a black raincoat, something that seems sort of like, oh, they don't want to be visible at night. Then as they roll them over, describe the hideous deep one hybrid physique and appearance. In the text of the scenario, it describes as they must have had some sort of terrible skin condition. And then just below that on the page is a photo of the artist rendition. And it's this awful fish creature that has gills and fins coming out of his face. And it's just like, wow, that really is some skin condition, huh? I lucky. uh, Yeah, I would not. Underselling it. I I would not advise using that exact image. You can, but like, be sure you don't just describe it as a skin condition when you do. Before we get into reanimating this scenario, We'd like to contextualize our general experience histories with the lightly speaking. So I've ran this scenario once and had a pretty good time with it, but definitely learned a few things that I want to carry with me the next time I run it. There definitely will be a next time. Tom Rayleigh of Into the Darkness ran this game for me, and I have also run it once as well, making my own changes. And I've only watched it. <laughs> but I really enjoyed Shams's playthrough it of it, the not playthrough. Uh, what do you? I'm losing it. My mind here. It's not handling. What is it called? Keeping. Keeping. Keepering. Thank you. I'm Keepering. game mastering. Dying. Game mastering. Run. Running. It, running feels running. weird. Just. I saying. just say running. Walking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. I watched it and I enjoyed both Tom and Shams's runs on ITD. So what was your general experience with this scenario, Lex? Pretty good. Everyone had a good time. I think that the pre-gens were fleshed out enough that even players who were used to playing D&D, or in one case it was their first experience playing tabletop RPGs in general, it gave a lot of ammunition for them to work with. There's plenty of opportunities, especially to pace them doing some skill checks and getting a feel for things. And enabling a keeper to sprinkle in some sort of like is there something else with me on the island and little getting things to get players to look over their shoulders um in my run through of it the players completely neglected the engine that was coughing off to the side they were just like oh okay that's a thing and went right into the lighthouse and stuck everything in there so i ended up having the lights go out just after the younglings attacked which made everyone freak out and they tried to cut and run and did not make it off the island so my experience with this scenario as a player i had a great time I was playing as a Bureau of Investigation agent, and I really enjoyed role-playing with the other player characters, uh, especially with the antique stealer and the uh, marine biologist. Yeah, I'll just stay out of the what is my general experience because I got Cause You didn't have... How was watching the ITD game, Nathan? Good. It sucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, most of it was good, but there was one player I just couldn't couldn't take seriously. <laughs> womp womp. Yeah. So I enjoyed the interplay between all the player characters and how everyone had their own agenda, whether it be super obvious, like the marine biologist loving the younglings or the antique stealer who's acting really shady. And now time for something completely reanimated. Overall, 
How do we highlight the beating heart of this scenario? I think really hammering in on those environmental cues and making players know that they are at the mercy of this storm that is buffeting the island. These ocean waves are crashing into the rocks. They do not want to be out there. It is, it's in Massachusetts. It's going to be cold. It's windy. This rain hurts whenever it hits their skin. They need to get into shelter. And then there is no safety. Being able to really instill that sort of fear of just wanting to survive the night and get out of this place, but not really having a way out. And I want to continue with that is the escalation of the threat of these younglings is key to this scenario. At the beginning, they've just got on shore. They're going through the weather. The weather is the threat. But as time goes on, you can start to add more sightings you can start to have maybe a quick encounter. Maybe someone catches a sleeve against a claw. Maybe a spine gets thrown at one of them because these monsters can shoot spines that paralyze people. So that might be kind of fun to use early on one of the characters and escalate the environment as well. You don't have to wait until the climax to have the generator start to sputter and go out. Keep these things juggled by the players, keeping them on and on and on until they can't handle it all anymore and everything falls apart. Are there any plot points or other scenario points that we would want to improve or remove even? So in my opinion and experience, I find that just giving box text to players saying you're on a boat and it crashed and now you're here is skipping a lot of potential good RP and environmental cues and experiences to really bring in. Whenever I ran the scenario, I have these player characters are waiting to board the last ferry of the evening to Rockport, Massachusetts. There's a storm in the forecast for later that night. And so the captain keeps looking anxiously at his pocket watch and trying to rush people aboard the ship and look off out towards the horizon, seeing a lighthouse sort of shining out the distance. As they get out into these waters, let the players talk with each other. Maybe some of them want to RP that they're seasick and trying to hang on to the rails, interacting with the crew or captain as needed, giving some more NPC contact. Then they see this wall of a storm front is approaching them in a sickly greenish hue as they're in the boat. The captain is starting to get nervous and saying, this is much faster than it should be. Like this should not be here yet. And they get hit in this storm. The boat begins tossing all about on the waves. Some point between these flashes and cracks of lightning, they notice that the lighthouse beacon has gone out in between these flashes of light. And so something that was stable and reliable is now gone. Everything is dark. It's awful outside. And they run into something in the middle of the water. The crew goes down and finds that there's this metal thing that's jamming in through the hull and the ship is taking on water. It won't be able to make it to the shore and it's going to take the crew all that they can to just keep it afloat more or less. And the captain or others can send the players out to the lighthouse to try and get help since the lighthouse is out. This also, I created another character sheet as the captain in case a player wanted to do that, mostly because I felt like the artist was a little meh. Uh, and so wanted to give some extra options in there, have a captain and the deckhand that can have some mechanical repair or carpentry experience that can then be useful in repairing the generator. Then as they get onto the island, run all that as written. But I feel like giving more of a longer opening, especially if you're going to run this in a two or three hour slot, can give a lot to it. I'd like to add that having a custom pre-gen, like a ship engineer or someone focused on mechanical repair, that will actually incentivize them to head directly to the lighthouse top in order to try and fix it. Uh, I've noticed this when Tom ran it for ITD because he added the ship's engineer, and that actually made the scenario run a lot differently than uh, Sham Sabin's. Also, something else I forgot to mention earlier in terms of making the environmental threats more realized, as the players are in this rowboat that is getting buffeted across the waves and it's all that they can do to try and steer it over to shore. 
ask them to roll a pilot small boats roll that no one really has experience with and just see how much luck you can get them to burn before the bad things have really started to happen. If they fail, they can get knocked out of the boat or maybe just vomit on one of the other player characters for a little bit of added grossness. Again, this is Massachusetts. It is cold. They land in this frigid water, ask for a swim roll. If they fail that, make it so they have their hand reaching up on the boat and slide beneath the waves and get taken away by the current. Focus on the rest of the characters for a minute, leave that player in suspense, and then have the boat and everyone else arrive. Flash back to the player who is battered against the rocks on the lighthouse. Give them a little bit of damage, a D2 or something, and then they can also be on the island but buffeted by the storm. If people land in the ocean or otherwise get soaked, start making them roll constitution and see if they fail a con roll, maybe start instilling a couple of penalties here and there because their characters are freezing cold, they're shaking, it's hard to focus and do stuff until they can get dried off, giving them some more encouragement to explore the lighthouse more thoroughly. Having a character that gets knocked away from the rest of the party is an excellent case for the first viewing of a youngling. A glimpse of a scaly back behind some bushes, maybe moving just under the surface that they can see. That's a good point. Or maybe then their hands or their leg can pass up against something that feels like a very large fish, but maybe they feel a detail like an arm or a foot or something that doesn't feel very fish-like. I'd like to add on to Lex's idea of expanding the boat scene. I would have the player characters interact with the passengers of the ship going about on their daily business have them get to know them. And when the ship crashes, kill them horribly. So you can inflict sanity loss. As these rocks shred the ship and people get tumbled away by the waves. I would also hint at the conflict that is happening at the lighthouse by allowing the players a hard listen roll to hear gunshots from that lighthouse uh, throughout the thunderstorm. So that way, when they do find the body of George Cassidy and his handgun and the broken lighthouse, it will be a lot more satisfying. Yeah. Or have uh, one idea that I had, I haven't been able to pull this off because I think it takes a little more forethought than I'm capable of most nights is noting that these lightning strikes are happening whenever there's in the boat or in the rowboat. And then there's additional flashes coming between the lightning strikes, or maybe that they hear some additional pops and hint that like, maybe there's something else mixed in with the lightning, but their characters just can't quite make it out to be certain. But like you said, giving enough of a hint to the players. So I'm interested. It seems like both of you, for the crew, tend to not have many of them make it ashore. And they're often on the boat trying to fix it, or they die. Oh, that's correct. I kill them all. Is that an avenue? That seems a little strange for the scenario that no one else makes it off of this ship. So the reasoning of why I don't have any other NPCs on the island itself is because I want to create an atmosphere of isolation. Agree. There is no other help. Yeah, definitely agree there. I like the players to feel like they're alone and at the mercy of this storm and whatever else may be around. On top of that, a sailor or a crew member, they would have some kind of idea of what to do in this situation, and you don't want them taking charge. Or worse, having your player characters start asking them, well, what should we do? And start having this NPC begin taking charge of the situation. That's why if I am going to have them, I would like a player to steer them. Then they can try and roll on a skill to see if they would know what to do in this situation. But don't use NPCs as a crutch. I think I might use, actually, depending on the group, if I had a group that is completely new to this type of adventure, have a low-level sailor there. Maybe someone that can give little... A level one sailor? A level one sailor, <laughs> if you will. He's barely got points in sail. He's an uh, intern, The point really. being, yeah, he's not the captain. He's not whoever is right below the captain, right? There. Yeah, a real Shmi type that can offer advice if the players get a little bit, you know, sidetracked and they start 
like maybe not maybe they're not sure how to survive on an island maybe he can give them advice like well we should seek shelter from the cold and keep in mind advice doesn't always have to be good sometimes you might have this shmi type and he might say we must abandon ship we got to run out of here we got to get out of this lighthouse and he runs and leads the crew right into the warm embrace of a few of these fish people and is brutally murdered in front of them i think there's a i think there's some potential to having uh, a, an extra person there too i think in in the same vein of having player characters or npcs get violently murdered by the younglings on the island uh i had quite a few thoughts whenever prepping this scenario to make the younglings a lot creepier than they are as described as they are they're kind of short squat i think they're described as anglerfish type looking creatures but i think there's a lot more that can be done with this to really instill a sort of too close to human relationship with these i had all of the younglings be about the size of a large baby or a small toddler and kind of deformed that they don't have a neck and their mouth extends too wide and just sort of clamping out the back they giggle whenever they're running around biting at things these are younglings after all and as they're running around on the island with this little pouch around their non-existent neck they're kind of muttering gold gold that it might take the players a little bit to realize that they're looking for the gold coins around on the island. Um, I think that there's a lot that you can do to make them look like gross murdery babies, which is a lot creepier than just fish things. Additionally, as written, it has their the poisonous spines, Nathan, you referred to in just a little bit ago, as being on their back, which I find weird. If they're going to launch a poisonous spine, how are they going to do it? from their back. So I have them resemble catfish a little bit more where catfish can have those very sharp spines uh, just around like maybe under their arms or something like that. So as they get close and try to hug, they can insert those spines into things because who doesn't want to be hugged by a gross fish baby? Something interesting too, the way this is written is realistically the younglings are the soldiers of this. They don't really make the calls their bosses were shot and killed by the lighthouse keepers. So they're really, there's not a lot of intellect to these creatures that are running around. So it might be kind of fun to have them have to communicate with each other in an odd way. Uh, I was looking some of this up uh, earlier to see how do fish communicate? They obviously don't talk as much as we do. They do things like grind their teeth or use gesture or motion to communicate. Sing? Singing would be interesting, certainly. Um, but also you could see uh, some of them use electrical impulses, which might be an interesting sort of communication method that mirrors the lightning that happens on these. If you see these creatures next to each other and they touch those little angler uh, lights that are on their forehead and you see a spark pass between them as they talk or not even a spark i like the idea of them communicating using bioluminescence and so they just mm -hmm. see these faint lights kind of blinking on and off outside of the windows that can be something that you add into the journals is seeing these blinking lights which feels very unnerving to see also if you have all the little lights go out the player characters might be able to get the barest idea of where these creatures are without being able to see them as these kind of intermittent flashes from a little bioluminescent bulb. To incentivize the players to explore the lighthouse itself, I would actually have opportunities that they would get hurt during the ship sequence uh, a little more. Maybe a D6 is drastic enough. And say that, yeah, they can't recover until they have proper supplies like a first aid kit, one that would be in the lighthouse cottage. Another thing that I would change about this scenario is I would completely remove the rowboat on the southern pier. So they can't just paddle off and, and escape. Perhaps they would have to turn on the lighthouse and signal for help. Or... You could also tie that in to the Deep One hybrid 
as they would take the rowboat over to the island. And maybe that would offer an avenue of escape. That was my other idea. Sorry, I've just been sort of following these along chronologically in my head. But, you know, there's mention of a radio that player characters can attempt to fix and radio in for help. Or maybe if they find some way to send a signal flare or something like that. As written, there was an initial excursion out to this island where a Deep One hybrid brought out some of these younglings that the scenario likens as like the Rottweilers of the Deep Ones, which I think is giving uh, Rottweilers too little credit. And so the other Deep One hasn't checked in in a while. And so they're going to send another one out to try and check on them and pick up the younglings who may be on the island. So they're taking a Coast Guard boat out there so if they radio in for help a new boat comes in they're thinking it's a rescue and they run right into the arms of waiting deep ones is another hammering in of the no way out and since the deep one hybrid on the mainland is watching out for the lighthouse if that lighthouse turns back on because the player characters fixed it they'll know something's up that someone has survived at the lighthouse and they'd go check that out Also, just some additional thoughts for ways to improve this. This is jumping back a little bit. One of my notes uh, for running this a second time, since I had a group that completely missed the electric generator and the repair sheds and everything outside, is when players are approaching the lighthouse proper up the path, I'm really going to hammer in that there's an engine that's coughing and sputtering around and that the lights inside can be dimming or flickering as this engine is coughing to sort of give a not so subtle clue that, hey, 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 maybe that thing's related to the other thing. And then whenever they get out to the generator, they can repair it and see that there's a hole that's been blasted in the top of the roof, kind of sort of at an angle. And as they start repairing it, maybe they find, I'm going to hint that there's a hose that's sort of just not connected to anything and running off into the bushes. And if a player character were to pick it up, it's going to feel softer and squishier than a normal rubber hose. And if they follow that length out, they're going to find that it's the intestine of one of the other lighthouse keepers that has been ripped apart and eviscerated inside, giving a nice, nice bit of sanity loss for that. And also, whenever they find his gun, they're going to find that that one shot is missing sort of turning back they could then surmise that that one shot that went wild is what shot the hole in the top of the shed and that's why this generator is just now starting to go out by the new water coming into it also the entire lighthouse should smell like gunpowder since there was a pretty fair amount of gunshots going on inside giving another uh descriptor with the senses that something else is wrong here this place is quiet but smells like gunpowder there's a percolator still sitting on the stove and the cup of coffee is still hot whenever they go up the stairs uh to see the hatch up to the light uh lighthouse attic i don't know what it's called the top floor the place where the lighthouse light is um that there's water coming in from the edges of that trap door making the stairs really slippery as they open it up you know there's wind that's buffeting and these really shrill wails at the top to give a statement that very bad things happened here then describe the dead bodies you could even have the youngling spines sticking out of the walls of this cottage oh i like that to even give a hint that hey, maybe there's something supernatural or crazy that actually happened here. The marine biologist could even examine these spines and determine that there is a, some kind of paralytic agent. So that would prepare them for the upcoming battle. And the key vibe you're getting out of this there is walking into the immediate aftermath of a deadly shootout is you should feel like the last echoes of the bullets just finished when players walk in. I wanted to talk a little bit about the pregens that we thought weren't quite as strong, specifically the marine biologist and the artist. I have a couple ideas, but I'm interested to hear what the two of you think. Now, the marine biologist is an obviously useful one. To Alex's point, you can have them look at the spines. They're going to have plenty of opportunity to inspect these strange creatures for weak points, to look at the bodies that are around. But there's also been quite a bit of activity in this area 
since the gold ship crashed. Maybe they're out here because they know there's something going on with the Deep Ones. Maybe they've heard tales of some strange creatures here that they're looking to get samples of off the island. Give them a motivation beyond just, I'm on the boat. Yeah, maybe they can be the first clue that something has been wrong if the player wants to share that at the outset, saying that they have been sampling the local flora and fauna. And then for some reason over the past few days, everything has disappeared. All of the natural fish and crabs and other things in this area near the coastline have vanished. And so they're going to Rockport to check their equipment over there and try and find out what might be causing that. You could even do it the other way around where fish not local to the local area are just suddenly showing up. Mm. Perhaps as a mm-hmm. as an after effect of having deep one activity. I like that quite a bit of giving them something maybe that they want to take away. It gives them a motivation to when they do this research and they're having to choose between survival and possibly riches, fame. That's an interesting dilemma for players to uh, get involved with. Now, the artist, I think, is an interesting one. Lex, you mentioned as well that you changed them uh, the lighthouse keeper to a uh, photographer, correct? Yes, that's uh, as one of the clues that's deep or a couple of the clues that are detailed in the scenario are that there are some sketches and some watercolor paintings of these mysterious shadowy figures with bulbous eyes outside the window. They can even see the window that wasn't the still life. However, just in reading that, it immediately pulled me right out of it. And I was just like, really? Something's going to stand there? Well, like, hang on, hold on, hold on, don't move. Mm, got it. And so, yeah, I made the one lighthouse keeper a photographer or something that you could get a quick snapshot. Maybe that can be another room in the lighthouse as a sort of makeshift dark room and give the character something to look for in there, needing to actually develop some of these photographs and then not liking what they see. Alternatively, you could tie it all up and have the artist be a dreamer who has seen this lighthouse in his dreams and has been lured over for some reason. And they're just following this instinct. You could also make the painter at the lighthouse also suffer from these dreams too. So maybe it's not a still portrait, but something that they are trying to find again and depict from their dreams. I think for me, uh, it's an interesting thing with the photography. If you had a dark room, that's a great opportunity to have kind of the classic horror trope of picture after picture hanging up of these dark moonlit waves and these little lights you see from the younglings in the water that have been collecting this gold for the last week or so. Maybe this photographer was trying to document something that they couldn't quite get a good look at. But how would you feel about the artist having an actual Deep One background? That's kind of a staple for a lot of the Deep One kind of games is people have uh, a heritage that they're unaware of that they can bring forward. That might be a fun sort of thing for more experienced players to play the saboteur or have someone come in with a kinship to these younglings. One of the kind of tangentially related, one of the things that's interesting is how are the deep ones controlling these younglings? This might be an opportunity for them to have some sort of broken crown that can mess with the luminescence or some sort of art. Oh, I was thinking of some creepy dog whistle that's just... Yeah, that's great. They hear humming across the island, and then all of these other younglings come out of the woodwork. And I think that's a good way for an artist to maybe have some more impact to this scenario, is have them maybe have some chance at using this whistle to calm the younglings down for just a moment. Just something to buy them an a second of time. Also, this is something that just now occurred to me, but I think it would be fun to add a nod to the lighthouse movie 
and have a potential red herring is in the bunks, maybe tucked into the mattress of one of the resident sheets is this ivory mermaid statue carving to throw them a little bit off the trail and give a slight nod to a very fun, weird movie. So what ideas would we potentially have that would expand this scenario? If I were continuing this, I'd like to see a lot more of the esoteric order of Dagon. That's the obvious tie-in, uh, but I, I'm interested to hear more about your dreamers that you were talking. Uh, I think, for me, the obvious one is they've come to the attention of the Order who might be sending their Deep One agents after them, maybe leading to another adventure of them on the run or trying to find the financiers of a cell of Deep Ones in Rockport. That would sort of be an avenue I would go down if your characters survive through the night and they have this bundle of gold, give a sort of curse of greed aspect to it. And they are now in the same situation as the lighthouse keepers, and they have a bundle of what must be thousands of dollars of gold in 1920s, thousands of dollars, and they want to offload it, yet they try and find someone to sell it to and they're connected with the order it may be the same person that tipped them off or that the uh, one on the island reached out to and that tipped them off for the order and they then they find themselves hunted and sort of a do you let go of all of this gold and go back to your boring life and maybe live maybe as for the idea of the artist as a dreamer the idea was that they would be psychically vulnerable to Cthulhu's dreams, and that would bring them the beacon. Is Cthulhu trying to snag Dagon's lunch money? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This isn't really an expansion, but mm -hmm. if you really wanted to just go a completely different direction and pulp up this scenario, have those player characters be some rednecks that have a metal detector and have found a few of those gold coins around on the coast and they're out skulking around for some more. And then, you know, maybe the lighthouse beacon goes out and that's just the only kind thing to do is to try and see if you can help them out a bit or see if they got some more of them gold coins while the lights are out. I think that having a couple of folks armed to the teeth, maybe they do some dynamite fishing on the side with a couple of shotguns and then have this place be teeming with these little deep ones. And uh, that could be a lot of fun in a very different way. I could see a absolute humor situation with these little gnawing creatures just running around and clamping on into investigator ankles. Just little Pac-Man piranhas running around the island. <laughs> There should be a consequence for killing all these younglings, right? Maybe they'll make Dagon mad and he'll show up. Or maybe there's a mama. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine Mother Hydra or Father Dagon just towering above the lighthouse as the investigators are in it. That would be a very evocative moment. That is wonderful for a one-shot. It might be difficult to have them survive for, for a full campaign, though. So what would we want this to run like at the table? So I'll jump in. I haven't had a chance to run this. So if I were to run this, I would probably run this as an introductory scenario. It's tightly set up. It would let people get used to the system and leaves a lot of interesting avenues open. So I'd probably run it fairly close to the original writing uh, and time estimates. But I might add some of those little weird touches and little hooks for later if the group decides that they want to follow up on anything. That's definitely one of the strengths, I think, of this scenario is that it's very tightly written as is, but there's a lot of opportunities for anyone to just add in some little bits of flavor in there. I remember uh, in Alex, I think it was the run you did on Into the Darkness, where the third lighthouse member who is hinted at having disappeared, you know, there's three hooks on the coat rack and only two galoshes inside that they were found chained to a rock against the ocean and you know they were used as a sacrifice to dagon before the other investigators showed up like that's morbid as hell and i would really like to add that in and that could be something that players latched on to and want to examine what 
sort of occult doings was this. And in terms of that, he should absolutely be chained upside down with his head in the water and his face full of teeth marks. Oh, that's horrible. Good. So just going by uh, play-by-play of how I would run this again, I would definitely expand the boat sequence, have them get to role-play out with the NPCs while they have them. I would hint at the conflict happening at the lighthouse at the moment, which causes it to go out. Other than that, I would really just run it as written, uh, besides removing the boat so they can't just leave right away. And I would focus on building up this tension until the final attack. I'm so torn on that take the boat away thing. Uh. Why? Uh, well, what are your arguments against taking the boat away? I want to know, Nathan. I think for me, I like having that as an avenue of players willing to take the risk and signpost heavily that it is a very dangerous idea. It is possible to row to the shore. So you'd still have the weather running, right? Oh, absolutely. Is It looks terrible. Mm-hmm. And this would mark for me a transition. They get on the boat and they get partway to shore. And that's when these things start crawling over the edge of the side of the boat and chewing through the hull. And they find themselves in a far worse scenario than if they just stayed at the lighthouse. And that's where I would bring in kind of like you were saying, Lex is, oh, uh, a helpful ship shows up in the nick of time. And it's even worse than they initially thought. My only reservations about that is if they immediately find the rowboat and then leave without even exploring the lighthouse. Well, that's also why I would keep the rowboat, but they just came from these choppy waters and I would have just had them roll a shitload in order to keep everything on track, not get knocked out of the boat and cast ashore. So whenever they see this, the storm is still raging and like this thing is getting tossed and buffeted across the ocean waves to show that like, you can try and go, but it's worse now and probably not the best option. You're much better to just try and wait out the storm. And that's a great point on terms of their clothing is soaked. When you're that cold, you have to get out of those clothes into something yeah. new as fast as possible. And that's a good way to bring that up where you can't just leave. You will just die on a boat to shore of hypothermia. I also like the idea of having to get fresh clothes on. Maybe they just loot the equipment lockers Mm -hmm. from the folks and you can tuck in a couple of those clues in the pockets. Like maybe they were taking notes and that's where the artist can have a sketch of this awful fish baby thing and, or noting other things that are found in these random pockets that smell too much of canned food and beans and lobster. Yeah. Having the investigators clothes be wet, is a really great incentive to explore the inside of the lighthouse cottage. Maybe spend some time warming up at the wood fire stove. Go through the, uh, the lighthouse keepers wardrobes and their rooms. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have lockers. And so you can grab blankets or whatever and get fresh towels and try and dry off and warm up. So do you have any general GM advice based on your experience, Lex? Emphasize the environment, emphasize the generator outside, make it emphasize the sort of liminal nature. As Nathan said, they should be entering right after the last echoes of a gunfight ended. And they players should really feel like they just missed something and are struggling to get up to speed with it. You have any good GM war stories? Not particularly, although turning off the lights at the final encounter with the younglings charging at the investigators had a good amount of panic at the table. Uh, I think that sort of fun is unique to Call of Cthulhu. I would say for advice, I would definitely roll with what creative solutions the players are going to try. The best place of defense uh, would be the top of the lighthouse because it's just this one long 
uh, corridor, followed by stairs going up that are defendable and easily barricaded. For example, my my players had the idea of fixing the lighthouse light after turning on the generator. But since it's not fully functional, it wouldn't really spin. However, during the assault, they would angle the lighthouse light right at the hatch where the younglings were trying to break in, and that blinded the younglings, and which allowed the investigators to survive until dawn. That's interesting. Also, the bulb of that lighthouse light would be blazing hot. I think that the beam is something like over 110 degrees. Random documentary from the 90s coming back to me. Um, but something else, just sort of expanding on that, I find it interesting. I made the top of the lighthouse the place you did not want to be because the windows are blown out. There's glass and dead bodies everywhere. And since it's so high up, I had that wind whipping around inside and getting pelted by rain that I made that a, you don't want to be up here any longer than you positively have to. And the stairs, because the you know water is dripping down from the hatch, the stairs were really slippery. So if someone tried to run up or down, I would definitely be calling for dex checks with a penalty die in order to keep your footing and not crack your jaw on them. Um, also, just as another fun idea, what if you made the younglings have some little claws and climb around the outsides of the lighthouse? And that's why they didn't notice them inside, but maybe they can see just a little something scurrying uh, through the black spiral paint up to the top of it. And... Again, while I haven't played, one thing I've noticed while reading this is the investigation into the gold coins is truly secondary. Don't worry too much if your players don't follow that lead and never really figure out why the gold is there or what its purpose was. It truly is secondary to survival. So I'm curious, should the investigators grab this bag of gold coins around George Cassidy's neck. If they give the gold back to the younglings, would you spare them? No. They would be very happy and chatter a bit excitedly amongst themselves. And then sort of like that scene from Galaxy Quest, they would turn back and their faces would get much worse and then lunge at the investigators. I think they're not above a fresh meal. And only a couple of them got to eat. That's true. They've seen too much. They're not particularly intelligent creatures, so that checks out to me. You've fulfilled their first requirement, find gold. Then it's dinner time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd like to also mention getting rescued by the Coast Guard. Like, what are they going to tell the people who are picking them up? And perhaps an expansion for the scenario would be the military or the Coast Guard. They're not saying anything about these dead younglings that are lying around. Maybe that's something to investigate. You notice an interesting green triangle on their uniforms? We hope our deranged utterings are helpful in bringing this game to life at your table. You can join the autopsy discussion on Discord and subscribe or follow the podcast to hear more gruesome cases. Be sure to check out the show notes for links on where to find the scenario, where to find us, and other links for things like handouts, actual plays of this scenario that we recommend, and other resources. So until next time, thanks for listening to RPG Reanimators. Where your games can die. Or live. On the table. Is it is it George Cassidy or Cassidy George? I don't fucking know. It's it probably really George Cassidy, either. and now that I said no, it matters. It matters. I mean, is this Cthulhu that Dark Trails? Cassidy George sounds like a cowboy name. It does. It is George Cassidy. Why the fuck do I have that the other? Got a way? letter from Cassidy asking for help. Yeah, George no. Cassidy, a lighthouse keeper, motherfucker. Yeah, they just all no. You're you're right. You're right. George Cassidy is correct. But we're smoking crack. for some reason. I had written down Cassidy George, and I'm like, Yeah, that, yeah, it really is. But everyone <laughs> refers to him as Cassidy, so that's probably why I thought that. All right, um, we're gonna hijack this boat, boys.
Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> but if you're starting a campaign with this, you don't really want to just kill like is a handler it seems a little cheap to just be like yeah yeah i don't fucking know anymore. i'm probably gonna keep i said that delivery when i, I said agents so was so much fun. better i'm just gonna be like when your <laughs> investigators show up. <laughs> <laughs> i like that um i'm making a lot of work for you lex and i really apologize oh this I, is all staying in i'm dying oh no this episode ain't going out right <laughs> We're gonna republish. Fuck. We're gonna no, do victim of the art. We're gonna be keep like, this one the, to ourselves. What the hell is Nathan's problem? This man's a moron. 